Welcome to the... <laughs> no, 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 I can't do that. Let's try another one. Uh, how about this? <laughs> no, no, that won't work either. Let's try this. get on board with that. Let's roll with it. Welcome to the Begin the Begin podcast. My name is Jeff Hillemeyer, and I'm on a mission to find out what makes people tick. Not just anyone, people who are making a profound impact on the world. I want to dig into their origin story and get to the root of why and how they do what they do. I hope you are as inspired coming out of these conversations as I am. Let's get into it. On this episode, I'm so thrilled to get to spend time with Daryl Cobbin, founder of Brand Positioning Doctors. DC, as his friends call him, is someone that I had the chance to meet in 2020 as part of co-founding the A-Pledge together, and I've been so inspired by him through that process that I needed to hear his journey. We talk about his early successful career in corporate America, his decision to become an entrepreneur and risk everything, and we share stories of the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. And hey, while I've got you, definitely consider subscribing on whatever platform you're listening on. I have a lot of great guests lined up that, trust me, you won't want to miss. Okay, let's get into it. PC, how are you doing today? It's a great, it's a great Friday. I know you're not supposed to date podcasts <laughs> to do specificity, but it's a great Friday, Jeff. It I'm is. Um, and, and you're about to go on a walk in Piedmont Park. I am. I'm gonna go around get get my uh, get my calorie burn on. It's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a better Friday uh, by the time I get done with that run. Yes, awesome and beautiful. Uh, beautiful day out. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So DC, tell everybody um, who you are and what you do. My full name is Daryl Cobbin. Uh, most people call me DC. Uh, if anyone refers to me by my full name, I think I'm in trouble. <laughs> I uh, I co-founded, uh, actually founded a uh, a brand strategy firm called Brand Positioning Doctors 12 years ago. Uh, the reason why I said co-founded now is because I have two uh, business partners, Jeff and Larry. The three of us run Brand Positioning Doctors uh, today. I grew up in brand management, uh, did a stand at Coca-Cola, then I went to Boost Mobile, the wild west of uh, technology startups. I then went to 20th Century Fox Films. And then um, after that started Brand Positioning Doctors. And I grew up in the D, <laughs> Detroit, Michigan, the Motor City. Shout, shout my home folk. Yep. <laughs> the D. And you go back for something in Detroit. What's it, what's it called again? Called Detroit Homecoming. Right. Something that I didn't know about until two years ago, uh, maybe a little more than that. And uh, I remember you and I having this conversation, Jeff, another friend told me about this Detroit homecoming, but I'd, I'd forgotten. So I'm getting these messages through LinkedIn saying, come to Detroit, organization dedicated to bringing Detroit expats back, uh, all of these wonderful experiences you'll do, no cost to you, 
just come and see what the city is doing and maybe you'd be interested in doing something in the city as well. And I didn't respond, Jeff. <laughs> I'm like, okay, they're telling me they're from Detroit. They're going to pay for all of this stuff. I'm like, nah, I'm not so sure this is legit. And then my friend told me after I didn't respond, said, hey, 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 yo, this is for real. Like, you got to respond. So um, great organization dedicated to bringing um, people and resources back to the city to grow the people and resources of the city. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay. So um, here's here's kind of where I want to start our, our conversation today. I'm using this as a chance to get you know, to get to know you even better. That's my goal here. Love it. Mm -hmm. I want to dig in just a bit. Um, so yeah, I, I know you've got a great um, first part of your career in um, big, big, great corporations, exciting roles. Um, how, how old were you when, when you decided um, you wanted to start your own thing? Like when, when did that happen? Was that something that was always in you? Um, did it happen in 08 when you, when you actually started? I've always had, Jeff, a desire to be an entrepreneur for as long as I could remember, mm -hmm. even when I didn't know what the word entrepreneur meant. So while I started uh, after business school uh, going to Coca-Cola, my first job was actually selling cars in Detroit. Most people don't know that spot called Dexter Chevrolet uh, in Detroit. It's gone now, but it was one of the biggest Chevrolet dealers in the uh, in the country at the time. Uh, so I did that. Then I went into retail at a, at a retail place called JL Hudson's. It's now closed down, but it was uh, same uh, concerned it owned Target and Marshalls and that kind of thing. Even then, uh, after undergrad, um, I was pretty clear I was going to be an entrepreneur. So when I went to Coca-Cola, uh, my thought was to pick places to work that would serve what I wanted to learn to become an entrepreneur. So, so Jeff, I got, I've got these, um, um, these 10 things that I wrote down early in my career that I used that I said, oh, wow, this is kind of, it's kind of working for me. So I'm going to put this on the list. Uh, if I did something that wasn't working for me, I was like, okay, let's not have that be on the list. Then I would look at contemporaries like you and others, Jeff, and I would I would say, OK, that seems to be working for them. Like, what's my version of doing that? And then I would try it. And if it worked, it got on the list. And if not, it was jettisoned. One of the things on my list is think in steps of two, act in steps of one. Think two, act one. So in my career, I never went to one opportunity without considering how that was going to set up the next, even before taking the first step. So I go to Coke and I say there. I want to go there because uh, I'm interested in entertainment. I'm also interested in brand management skills because I want to be an entrepreneur. This is the brand and the company that teaches brand management skills and uses entertainment assets central to where they were. And then I thought that would set me up maybe to go into entertainment and media. It didn't. It set me up to go to technology. I went to technology because I thought, okay, being an entrepreneur if I want to do something in brands and in entertainment and uh, technology is likely going to be an important uh, component of that. Then the next step was 20th Century Fox in order to get the content creators perspective on the media side. And after I did those three, I thought to myself, it's time. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready. 
And the reason why I thought uh, I, I thought that it wasn't an original thought is that I talked to uh, the iconic and great Tom Burrell. Uh, he's a mentor of mine, mm-hmm. Burrell Communications Group. And um, I talked with him about being an entrepreneur while I was with Coca-Cola. And he said to me, you got to set a date. Set a date and just move. He said, because if you don't set a date, you will wait until perfect conditions to arrive and perfect conditions will never arrive. And so I set a date and I hit my date. <laughs> and what date was that? Uh, December 9th. Yes. December 9th, 08 uh, or 07? Uh, 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 December 9th, 09. 09, got it. Okay. Yep, yep. And you December, hit it. Uh, Dece- yeah, I, I hit that date, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, December, December uh, uh, 8th, December, December 9th, 08. I'm sorry, I get the 08 and 09. I have dyslexia, by the way. Yes. 08, yes. 08. Yes. Um, first of all, I love think in steps of two, act in steps of one. Is that is that how you said it? Yes, that's right. Uh, where'd you get that? Just came to my noggin, bro. I love that. I, I'm going to yeah. use that. All right, if I use that. It's all right of you. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, but, so where along that journey was um, the learn how to run a business? Or, or did you, was that something you just thought, I've got to jump out of the plane and learn it? Or you felt like you had an in, innate sort of sense of how that would go? Uh, actually, uh, neither. Um, uh, it was, it was uh, hubris, all right? <laughs> the reality is I thought that brand management was teaching me how to run a business. I didn't realize until I was an entrepreneur that it really wasn't. It was teaching me aspects of it. It was teaching me how to run a brand and how to do uh, how to work on uh, P and L's, et cetera. In the case of Coca Cola, uh, as partial P and L's, because at that time they didn't own the bottlers, uh, they do now. Uh, I didn't realize uh, that that was a gap until I was actually out running my own business. Got it. And yeah. and, and and that's that's what I want to uh, get into now is like, tell me what that first year, two years was like like what was it like for you first of all i'm guessing it was invigorating i mean when you've got your own thing and you're building your own thing it's a tremendous amount of work you know yeah. there's ups and downs and stuff but like every day you're psyched about what you're doing right yeah for me um uh, i i had a uh, phenomenal year one and a rocky year two mm. so i was seduced into thinking that because I'd gone from uh, corporate environments into a nice year one in uh, entrepreneurship, I thought, oh, damn, it's going to always be like this. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Uh, <laughs> nothing could be further from the truth. So I, I ended up getting, a um, in, in year one, a, a really good client. But before that first client came, the, the, the thing that I had to get used to that I didn't realize just how much uh, I was accustomed to it was off of what I call the drip, the drip of every two weeks getting a paycheck, Mm. the drip of having, knowing this is how much I'm going to make this year. I'll get a 20 to 40% bonus. I will get X amount in, um, in stock options. And then by the time I left because of, how senior I was, I was getting restricted stocks. So I had some idea every year of what I was likely to be bringing into the family coffers. 
And I remember the first two weeks uh, after no longer uh, getting an income, I thought to myself, wow, this is different. <laughs> like th this is this is different. Uh, and so uh, it, it, it took a while to get accustomed to that. So after that, however, uh, after that, um, and I got first big client. And um, I think I think I can talk about this. So uh, we uh, we were doing a partnership with a larger firm. So here I am. I'm a solopreneur. Yep. It's just me at the time. Got a friend of mine to uh, come on with me. His name is Stanley, uh, Stanley Yorker. I call him Yoka. Shout Yoka. Uh, I asked him to come on and join me. And we were helping another agency get uh, work done for a big client. That client was Kodak. And as we went in and we and we worked together, the um, the agency, I mean, the, the client said, uh, great, we want you both. So we want this big agency and then we want you as well, uh, brand positioning doctors. So uh, let's get started. So they, at the time, um, a rather, um, I guess, uh, a, a dubious, now retrospectively, a dubious uh, moment in time, uh, they had a digital camera business and they were attempting to sell uh, uh, the, um, the wares of their newest camera, which had the ability to share photos digitally. All right, now, this all sounds ridiculous now. It's like, okay, why would you do that, Jim? Yeah? Right. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, it was pretty cool technology. This is before phones were smartphones. And so uh, we did that, and we had we went big with celebrities at the time. They were not the celebrities they, they are today, but they certainly were on the, on the way. Uh, we had uh, Drake, Trey Songs, Pitbull, and Rihanna, all in one campaign. Goodness. Yeah, all in, all in one campaign. So we worked side by side with the agencies, uh, great agency partners, by the way. Uh, we got that thing done. That was a great project. So here I am thinking, this is how it's gonna be. Mm -hmm. Gonna have big, big clients, the budget's gonna be big. We're gonna work with like uh, 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 interesting people, all of that. Year two, all that stopped. Mm. And it Reality. stopped, it stopped Jeff, I think because of, because of my ignorance and arrogance. Yeah, I also, thought it was just going to continue. Yeah, right. You didn't. You didn't maybe keep your foot on the gas on new business or no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah, and I and I see that a lot in our industry um, with uh, not necessarily, and, and I'm sure a, a lot of it wasn't hubris with you. Um, but you know, you can get distracted by the clients you win and forget to to keep the engine sort of sort of churning. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm always amazed. So I started, you know, my first company in college. I was a senior in college, um, started building websites with my roommate. We, from then on, I've, you know, always had my own companies. And I had a very, very different experience from you, as I should have as a 21-year-old. The first five years were, you know, disastrous in terms of trying to build a business. But I'm always amazed by somebody who can have, you know, sort of be into a great career Mm -hmm. Um, and then take that step off the ledge. Mm. And I think that takes a, um, you know, without being too dramatic, I think that takes a, a, a certain type of bravery or insanity, however you want to label it. Um, <laughs> far more, far, far braver than me just in the dorm room saying, all right, how do you incorporate a company? Right. I had nothing to lose. 
So I'm kind of curious as you took that step, um, was there any doubt in your mind? Was anybody around you saying, are you, are you kidding? You've got this great career going. And then did you give yourself any sort of time limit? Did you say, um, you know, of course you got the client and it went great right away, but, but did you say like six months, I've got to give it six months or a year or, uh, you know, how, how did you think about that? Wow, man, you're taking me back. Um, I have forgotten about those moments, uh, Jeff. Fortunately, um, at the time, my now ex-wife, uh, it was my wife uh, during that decision to become an entrepreneur, it was a joint decision, so a joint family decision. Um, I've got to give her a lot of credit. Her name is Valerie. Because uh, she had been living a really good life in partnership with me because of these high-level corporate jobs and all of the accoutrements that come with it. And she was willing to take the risk with me and believe in me. So I, I want to say that first. We had uh, and have three daughters, uh, Haley, Lauren, and Sydney. They were they were young, Jeff, when we we started this thing. So I had three young mouths to feed, and a um, and a wife uh, who who was a full time mother and an entrepreneur in her own right. We at that time we were doing. Uh, real estate investment, real uh, uh, residential real estate uh, investing. But the thing that really helped me uh, jump off the cliff, if you will, uh, Jeff, is man, I I noticed that in the three different corporate environments that I've occupied, as I started to to pay attention to those who were rising the fastest those who were acquiring uh, most of the resources and accolades, it occurred to me that there was a skill set involved in that that I did not possess and that I was not interested in possessing. My skill set, at least I thought, was leading businesses, brands, and people to growth extraordinary growth. That was, that was my skill set. Some of the, my contemporaries, not all of them, their skill set was political navigation, Jeff. Mm. They understood how to work the system. And, uh, and many of them rose to high heights inside the organization, not because they could grow the brands or businesses that they worked on, but because they knew how to grow their organizations, their own sort of fiefdoms, Mm. and they knew how to grow their own political capital. And they wielded this. And I thought to myself, uh, and of course, as you go up in an organization, you know this, man, um, it's like a pyramid. There are fewer spots as you rise. And I'd gotten up to be an executive vice president. So I'm E-suite, right? I didn't like that. I also thought, Jeff, that I would be vulnerable to that. Mm. Because while I'm over here really focusing on growing a business or growing people, there are other folks with political skills that are far sharper than mine wanting to do battle. And I'm like, yo, I don't really want to do that battle. I'll do it because I want to survive and I want my team and businesses to survive. But I just didn't like it. 
And so I thought that becoming an entrepreneur, I could then focus more on the work. Now, it turns out I still have to deal with politics. Uh, you have to do that as long as there's more than two people. And I could also set up in my own organization sort of a culture of the way I'd like it to be rather than the way that I saw it being. And how has that gone over the years, keeping that culture the way you want it as you've seen growth? Incredibly well, man. And incredibly well. My business partner is Jeff and Larry. The way we work is as we uh, get clients and their needs increase, we then bring on other folks. Two words that both begin with the letter T that have been a bedrock of the way we work together. One is trust. We trust one another, Jeff. I know what Larry's going to say when he's in a room with one of our clients when I'm not there. He knows the same of me and Jeff. And the second is transparency. Mm. Like when, when, we, when we F up, we tell each other, yo, man, I'm sorry. Like I, 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 I messed up. I, I meant to do this. I intended to do that. I didn't do it. We didn't do it. And so these are the implications of it. And then we, and then we work it out. So, and we, we bring that mindset into uh, the clients that we work with. And it's amazing, uh, Jeff, you don't need that many people to shift the culture. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I love that. Trust to me is like, that's the thing that I think is missing so much. And a lot of it has to do in business. Um, a lot of it has to do with what you were talking about, which is people's um, people thinking that, that in order for them to, they, they think it's a zero sum game yes. in order for them to yeah. succeed, others can't. Right. And that, Great point. that just breeds distrust. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So, so this first couple of years, three, four years, um, you got any good stories? Got any like, I'll share one to get the ball rolling. Uh, yeah, um, let's, let's see. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Here's one of mine. Um, right. So I think it was probably year three. And uh, I mean, it, it took us a solid five or six years. We sold after 10 years, um, but mm -hmm. five or six years of just trying our best, working our hardest, but not knowing anything about how to run a business. And so we were mm -hmm. always hiring too fast when we win business and we were always upside down in our finances. And I remember, I don't know, we had like seven or eight people. And, uh, for some reason we thought we needed a, um, one of those like water stations where the, you put the water, big jug upside down. Oh, you know, oh yeah, 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 yeah. There, there was a water fountain in the hall. I don't know why we thought we needed that, but I remember the guy came to switch them out. He'd come every two weeks, take the, take the empty ones and replace. Mm -hmm. And I think the bill, he, he came and he needed to get paid before he would do it. And I think it was like 160 bucks or something. Yeah. And I, hid behind one of the cubicles and told the admin to say, tell him I'm not here because I cannot pay him. Oh, wow. <laughs> we were, we were working with honey baked ham. We, we were like oh. an actual business and that's, uh -huh. that's how broke we were at that moment. I, it might've been four years in three or four years in, but anyways, so that I, I look back at those times and I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't believe these things. Uh, now it's your turn. Wow, man, that's a uh, that's a a great story, and uh, yo, many people who are entrepreneurs can relate to that. I know I certainly can. <laughs> All right, so I've got two. Um, uh, one is uh, is around um, just pure uh, stupidity, and the uh, the other one is around the reality of being uh, an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. 
so the stupidity one, um, we started in uh, brand positioning, hence the name brand positioning doctors. So Jeff doing work for clients and um, um, one of them says, hey, listen, um, hey, DC, by the way, indulge me for a moment. Jeff, I know I'm not an athlete, y'all, but for the purposes of this story, I will refer to myself in third person, but trust me, I know I'm not an athlete. So you know, uh, they said, uh, DC, great strategy. Really love the positioning. Um, we've never done this kind of thing before in execution. Would you happen to know of any firms that can help us? I can't remember whether it was in uh, social media or experiential or some other area. Um, and uh, uh, can you send them, uh, if, if you do, can you uh, bring them forward? Uh, so I, I said, sure, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I've wor I work with a lot of people. So yeah, here. Um, uh, those firms are going to make millions of dollars and um, uh, I, I would get nothing. So I, was, so I would say, okay, that, that's cool. But I'm, I'm all right with that karma, that kind of thing. And the other thing this client uh, said to me, which has made me think about it and start to begin to shift is the client said, hey, DC, since we are doing this, this new thing that you've helped us arrive at, can you stay on and help us work with the cadre of agencies that we have? to be the strategic sort of thread that connects all of them. Jeff Hillemeyer, you wanna know what I told them? I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I only do strategy, okay? I just do the strategy, all right. Uh, that was dumb, uh. that, 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 that was dumb. And, uh, and now we, we, we do that very thing um, that, this client was asking us to do on a, on a regular basis now. And, and it, my learning from that, Jeff, is that um, when we're entrepreneurs, uh, we sometimes, oftentimes, well, I'll speak for myself, I oftentimes make dumb mistakes. And it's okay to make the dumb mistake. It's just you got to learn how to recover from it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, um, is this. Um, it's been 12 years and we had some really lean years, man. Uh, while I was married, um, my, uh, my children um, uh, were diagnosed as having dyslexia and ADHD. I, through doing the research for them, Jeff, because I was trying to figure out what's going on with my babies, discovered I too have dyslexia and ADHD. I didn't know this was something that uh, is passed down. Had no, no idea any of that. I just thought dyslexia is, oh, so you get some numbers transposed. No, much deeper than that, much deeper than that. So I discovered this, and um, and so we put them in private schools, two, two of my three daughters. Now, Jeff, these these private schools, uh, this one, by the great school, the Howard School, um, not inexpensive. So we're, we're dropping, you know, 50 racks or so uh, every year. So it's like, it's like college tuition every year for years. So this is going on uh, and, and I'm, I'm not doing a good job of priming the pump. And so um, uh, one of the most difficult experiences I've had with my former wife is to sit in front of her and she knows what's going on with our finances 
and in fact, she managed our personal finances is to sit with her and go, okay, um, it's time to pay bills. We cannot pay them all. What are we going to pay? Is it going to be the mortgage? Will it be the car notes? Is it going to be the health insurance? Might it be the taxes? Tuition? Like what, what's not going to get paid? And, um, and, and at that time, Jeff, to have those conversations with my former wife, uh, wife at the time, but from the outside, people looking at me thinking, oh, what a successful entrepreneur. Mm. The, the, the sense of, uh, of grief that I had, the embarrassment that I had, um, it, it, it was overwhelming, Jeff. And, uh, and, and so I felt sad that I, I was letting down my wife and my girls. Felt like I was letting them down, man. But through that all, I said, I'm not going back. I'm going to figure this shit out. <laughs> I don't know how, but I'm going to figure this shit out. Mm. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for sharing that. What, what year of the business would that have been, roughly? Wow. Let's see. Um, so we came back to Atlanta, 9, 10. Probably around 2012. Yeah. It's two 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 twelve maybe, so two thirteen, three, or four, three yeah. or four years in. Oh yeah. oh yeah 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 yep. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. rough, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. That's that's really rough, and I think people don't understand that. You know, people people see the success and they think it's an overnight, and they don't oh, realize no. the the second year of marriage or of my marriage to my wife. Um, we, we had to move in back in with my mom mm. because my wife was working as a counselor, um, for, um, for children and was making uh, maybe 30 grand a year. And mm-hmm. I was losing probably 30 grand a year yeah. um, in credit card debt, like not able to pay myself. And we had to move in with my mom for a year, um, yeah. second year of marriage. And, and to your point, there were probably people who had no idea and thought, yeah, you know, you're doing great. Um, so, so then my question for you on that is, so you decided to stay with it, even though it would have been so easy to fold up and go back to a Coca-Cola or something. Yeah. Um, so you, you had that resolve. Was there, was there a thing that happened or um, a change you made or something that helped the company create stability and really see consistently that it was going to you know, be able to provide for you? Yes. Diversification and scalability. Mm. Once I accepted the fact that the business model could not sustain itself and grow by doing one thing and one thing only well, uh, when we, uh, when, when I made the decision that, okay, we're not just going to do strategy, we're going to uh, aid clients in execution with a strategic approach. We're going to counsel 
agencies on how to get the best work done. We're going to uh, uh, we're going to do uh, speaking engagements, talking about the power of brand building as a way to draw business toward us. Uh, so diversification that that was one. The second was scale. This is why I have the business partners that I have. It's like there's no way this thing is going to scale with me in an igloo, you know, rocking out. Uh, I got to have some um, some folks next to me rocking out with me that can see things I can't see, do things that I cannot do. And that that's been the second thing that's been uh, important. And I think the third, Jeff, is learning how to uh, handle business as it comes in, like onboard new business while you have business that you're working on. That was a really hard thing for me at the beginning. It's like there was like a, a, like a, a, a meter, if you will. It's like, okay, I got two clients. That's all for now. Okay. <laughs> now, now it's like, no, 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 no. We, we are able to take on uh, far more. And that has been the difference in, um, in our business today than when I started it. I love that. I love that. And on that note, are, are you, are you doing today within the business what you should be doing, what only DC can do? Have you gotten to that point? Yes and no. Great questions, bro. The yes, my business partners and I, we all recognize each other's superpowers and we allow each other to do uh, that thing. Let me give you a quick story about my brother, Larry, call him LT. Larry is phenomenal at getting people to feel comfortable and there, thereby sharing the, the why behind the what that they say or the how they say it. He can get to the whys. And as we get to the whys, we're better able to help that client and serve that client because we're not wondering uh, what's behind what they're saying. Larry can get there. So uh, during one of our early clients that we had, I won't mention the client, we're in New York. So after our workshop, one of the things we do in our business, we do these workshops. So we'll have these uh, on, on, the, on the walls, these, uh, these easel pad uh, sheets. So we're taking the easel pads off. So uh, we're trying to catch a plane. So me and Jeff and Larry are beginning to take these things off the wall. So Larry then stops and he's talking to the CEO. So I'm like, Hey, dude, like, hey, what are you doing? Like, we, we, need, we need to get these sheets off the wall. Because I'm thinking about sort of my superpower is let's look at this, get these sheets up after this, figure out what's going on. That's not his superpower. So I wasn't, I wasn't uh, too, too pleased, Jeff. But then after he got done talking to the CEO and we got, we're leaving now, we're walking. He told me, uh, Jeff and I with the CEO, so I was like, oh, that's what this dude can do. Like I could never have done that. I could I could never have done that. So just just so so just like reframing skills. So in, in that regard, yes, uh, we're all doing what we're supposed to do in the business. That's the yes. Here's the no. You know this about me, Jeff, because of the work that that we're doing together on the uh, on the A pledge. 
I love what I uh, do so much in the business. Sometimes I'm not spending as much time as I need to on the business. And this is where I'm seeking to grow as an entrepreneur, doing more work on the business. So on my calendar today before uh, our time, um, I had what's called thinking time scheduled on my calendar. And I do this at different points throughout the week. And I spend that thinking time doing two things. One, thinking about how to do better work for our clients, because I know they're in back-to-back Zooms. And the one thing they don't have is time to truly think. So I try to be the brain that gives them perspective and dimension that they may not have the time to do themselves, oftentimes, because that's the way it used to be for me before the pandemic. And the other thing I do is I think about what might be next for our business. What other ways can we grow our business? So I'm really, really good at the first, the superpower. I'm learning to be better at the uh, working on the business piece. It's it's so smart, though, because so many people get pulled into the the first part, working in mm-hmm. the business, that it's really hard to separate. Mm-hmm. How do you get yourself in that frame of mind? Like I know, we, we know uh, Mike Popowski, one of yes. the things, you know, the CEO of Dagger. And uh, one of the things he does is he'll go, he'll, he'll leave for, uh, you know, short three days here, maybe a week there, just get away. And and he's come back with, I mean, I think that's how butter um, came to be. Ah, uh, okay, uh, yeah. So, you know, that escapism to be able to mm-hmm. think about the business. How do you do that in short elements? Do you, do you go on a walk? Do you meditate? What do you do? Three ways. By the way, shout Mike P. Love Mike P and Dagger. Great culture over there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and shout uh, Brandon on, uh, on Butter. Does a good job of running Butter. So three ways. One I mentioned, I schedule calendar time, Jeff. The second thing uh, that I do is when I am uh, when I'm walking or when I'm training, um, I will think about where uh, um, uh, where we can grow the business or clients. Or what I will do is I will give my mind downtime. So I will go for a walk and have no agenda for that walk other than just to walk, and I create space for things to just come. It, it, it is, uh, in, in my view, the universe's way of saying there's a flow. And if you be quiet, we will reveal the flow to you. So that's the second way. The third thing that I do is, uh, is related to um, uh, computers. So I, I thought about computers a long time ago. And I thought about the difference between hardware and software. So it's okay. So um, the compute, the hardware is this physical device. And I thought, you know, Bill Gates a long time ago said, you know what, if we put the software on this hardware, we'll make this hardware work better. And I thought to myself, if a human being can think that, can that not be applied to an actual human being? So is my brain not the hardware? And if I put some software on it, might my brain work better? And I thought, I think so. Let me try it. 
So what I do is on, at different points throughout the week, I will give my brain an assignment. And it's, it's as if, Jeff, I bifurcate myself. There is me, the hardware person, and then there is me, the software person. And I will go, okay, uh, think about this problem. I need you to solve this problem, brain. All right, this is the problem. Um, um, this is the time where I want the problem solved and I need some options, all right? And then I will sit down at the appointed time. I won't, I won't think about it anymore. I'll just give the brain the assignment. I'll sit down at the appointed time, either with, with my pad that I have here before me now or my phone in, in, uh, in Evernote. And I'll go, okay, brain, give it up. Jeff, every time, every time, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> stuff just comes. Stuff just comes. So those are the three ways that I create space, if you will, to try to figure out how to uh, work on these bigger order things. Oh, I love that. I love that. I need to be better about that. I think scheduling the time um, is great. And I, and I love the concept of sort of putting it in, putting in your brain that that's when it's going to happen, but then waiting until then, because yeah. subconsciously there's probably stuff happening between that point and when you actually sit down to do it. Yeah. Not probably brother. Definitely. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm curious because I, I think I know you well enough now to know that you're going to be um, proud of your daughters in whatever fields they have ended up or will end up in. But I'm curious, does, does a part of you hope one of them, assuming they haven't already, finds their way into entrepreneurship or are you the opposite? You're like, oh my gosh, I hope they just find a steady job. They don't need this headache. Where, where do you sit? I sit with my three daughters, uh, their ages are Haley, my eldest, she's 24. Lauren, my middle, she's 22. And Sydney, my youngest, she's 20. Uh, or I should say our daughters, myself and uh, my former wife, Valerie. I frankly don't care, man. I don't care if they work in corporate environments for the rest of their lives. I don't care if they're freelancers and I don't care if they're entrepreneurs. What I care is that they are healthy, happy people, that they discover their gifts and then they find a way to share those gifts with others in a way that benefits humanity and themselves. That's what I care about. Beautiful. Uh, full stop. Now, uh, my eldest daughter, Haley, is a Howard University grad, Shout Bison's one time, and um, uh, Madam Vice President uh, Kamala. Uh, she is in the area of film. So she, uh, she does film. Um, she's still working her way into her career. She's had a couple of projects. She's working on one now. And I believe she is going to eventually be a filmmaker and possibly an actress. And by the way, Haley, if you listen to this, there's no pressure in that baby. Uh, I'm just saying this, this, this is what it looks like to me. Lauren, my middle daughter is a creative soul. Uh, she's in SCAD. She started in photography because when she was uh, very little and we were living in California, um, I, I was a photographer in college so when I was working at this point as a hobby, I got back into photography, at this point, digital photography. When I was in college, it was film photography. 
Um, I was taking pictures and uh, Lauren showed me a picture of flowers that she had taken. She showed them to me on her phone. So I thought she did some project at school and they had a camera like mine and they took pictures and they sent her the pictures that she'd taken and she was showing them to me. So I said, this is great. I said, so what camera did you use? Like was, you know, did, was it a Nikon, a Canon? She said, no daddy, um, uh, I took this with my phone. I, I, I said, baby, that phone? <laughs> she said, yeah. I, I said, that you took that picture of that flower with that phone in your hand now? She said, yes. I got up from that conversation went into my bedroom, got all of my gear and gave it to her. Yeah. I did not shoot any more on that, on that equipment. I had glass and all that. Here's yours. She has it now. So that's what she, that's what actually ended up taking her into SCAD. She's now in fashion. My youngest daughter, Sydney, she, uh, she is not going to be an entrepreneur. She already is an entrepreneur. Uh, Jeff, when she was really young, she said, Dad, I want to sell candy in school. I said, okay, are you supposed to sell candy in school? Are you allowed to? She said, no. I said, you still want to sell candy in school, though? She said, yes. I said, okay, let's go get you candy. So we went to Costco's, loaded up, and uh, she sold the candy. Then I started asking her questions about who are your customers? What kind of mix of product? What are you learning about what's selling and what's not? Do you know the margins that you're getting between uh, a Twix bar and potato chips? So I'm going to, and she's absorbing it. So we start getting different types of product mix. All right. Uh, long story short, she gets caught. So I said, okay, baby, you can't do that anymore because they're going to kick you out of school. She then went to selling sneakers. So she started uh, buying sneakers and then shirt, uh, like uh, hoodies and things like that. She then evolved. She started selling swimming pools. Uh, 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 so she's she, all of this kind of stuff. She worked at the Foot Locker for a couple of like weeks, maybe a month, and said, "No, I can't do that." She goes back. She's selling stuff now. Um, um, I gave her money to start a stock portfolio. I said, here's a little bit of money. I just want you to learn. She grew it. I said, okay, let's see what you can do with like more than just a little bit of money. I gave her that. We're up 97%. So, so she's oh, going to be, she's, she's already an entrepreneur, man. She sure is. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Well, we'll have to keep tabs on her. We'll be investing in her business one day. I think so. Yeah, I know I will be. <laughs> yeah, you already are. Yeah. Um, all right, I got two final questions. Um, so I find that my friends who are where you were in 2007, my friends who ha who are into a successful career that are mm -hmm. you know in the E-suite or even the C-suite, that the new midlife crisis is not to buy a Porsche, um, it's to... Uh, be an entrepreneur. Mm, interesting. That, interesting. That there's this sense of almost like I'm wasting this on, you know, some big corporation. I, I have talent. I have gifts. I need to do this. And mm -hmm. as you know, 99%, you know, never will. Maybe can't, but but just 
can't figure yep. out a way to do it. Yeah. And so I would just ask, what's your advice to people who are in that, you know, who are hearing this or, or thinking about that? What would you say to them? Before you do it, make sure you and or, and or your significant other are willing to push all the chips in the middle of the table. Got to push them all in. Got to be willing to sacrifice uh, your pride where you uh, are back in your mother's home with your wife in the second year of marriage. Got to be willing to say, uh, uh, yeah, I know it's rather uh, embarrassing, <laughs> embarrassing to be ducking because you can't pay a $160 water bill uh, and still make it. You got to be willing to have the tough conversations and sacrifices around finances. And above all else, you got to be willing to fail and fail big, spectacularly. <laughs> okay. I say, if you're not ready for that, you're not really ready to be an entrepreneur. Now, I know we get these wonderful stories about Mark Zuckerberg's of the world. They start in college and then they go on and they become the, you know, the third richest person in the world. I got that. Yeah, I know Jeff Bezos, he and Elon right now are trading between who's going to go uh, be number one richest person in the world. Okay, those are our oddities. Most of the rest of us have to sacrifice some major stuff just to survive, not to thrive, to survive. So if they're not ready for that, buy a goddamn Porsche. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah. So true. Okay, my final, uh, my final question is, um, what, what are some books that you've read over the years? Uh, could, could have been, honestly, could have been when you were in high school. Could, could be whenever. But like books that just stuck with you, that meant something to you. You got a couple that come to mind? I do. I have dyslexia, I mentioned that. So books for me are really a thing. I don't read that many books cover to cover. I do a lot of books on tape or Audible. I have a subscription to Audible, shout Audible. But a few of the books that I, uh, that I read back in the day uh, that impacted me greatly and then one more recently, let's start, let's start more recently. Um, the Hard Thing About Hard Things, Ben Horowitz. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah, the way this dude, you've read this? Yeah. Yeah, the way this dude speaks. So he, it, it, those most of you all know, uh, Andreessen Horowitz, one of the biggest venture uh, firms in the world. The way this dude speaks, he takes what's complicated and makes it plain. Uh, his story about uh, folks, what, what he learned in school and what people say is like, you know, you, you, you want to hire a certain kind of person with you know, uh, the, the smart and all of these different abilities. And he's like, yeah, okay, right. No one goes out to hire dumb people. Mm -hmm. so he wants to know in terms of the companies he's investing in CEOs, who's the CEO that when there's like two weeks of cash left can figure it out? Like, wait, where's that person? That, that's the kind of person I want to be investing in. So that's one. Um, um, the other one is, uh, is a really small book, easy read. As a man thinketh, hmm. 
as a man thinketh, and they also have a companion, as a woman thinketh. It gets down to some core principles of, uh, of what happens in your mind and how that impacts what you do. So thinking, feeling, doing, that, that pattern. And that really uh, made me be, uh, start to do something that I didn't do until then, which then led to the software piece. I think about what I think about, Jeff. I don't just allow my brain to run randomly. I'm like, I know you want to do that brain. That's what you do. <laughs> I get it. You, you, we, we, I wouldn't be here right now if my ancestors hadn't survived and their brains caused them to survive. I get all of that. But I have to then say to my brain, yo, you don't run me. I run you. Mm. So as a man thinketh. Uh, and then another one is, uh, is think and grow uh, rich. Uh, think and grow rich. I read that as a really young person. Uh, when I was uh, uh, coming out of undergrad. So those are three of the books that have had uh, an impact on, uh, on, on the way I, I behave in, in my life. I love it. Those are great that no one said those three. So, so oh, oh, wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah, usually there's some crossovers. Well, DC, I, I appreciate um, you taking the time. Um, I, I've got so many more questions I could ask, but mm. I, I want to try to keep this uh, listenable for folks. Okay. Um, but uh, I also just want to say to everybody, um, you know, one of the, the way that we got connected was as we were forming the A Pledge. Um, and it's just been uh, a joy to work with you. And I've really appreciated you, your brother. partnership. Yeah, man. Um, same, same. And, uh, you know, again, shout out to, to Mike Papowski for connecting us. Mike P. Um, but uh, I look forward to continuing to learn more about your story. I learned a whole lot today. So we'll have to keep chatting. All right, brother. Thank you for having me. And, uh, uh, just dope working with you, man. Same. Thanks. Thanks, DC. All right, man. Peace. Wow. You made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't think people did that anymore. Well, since I still have you, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you'll be alerted as soon as I post my next one. And second, I'd love for you to subscribe to my email newsletter. I send out an email every week or two, and it's really where I share my more personal thoughts and ideas. Plus, I give stuff away sometimes. You can find the sign up at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com, and I really do appreciate you listening. <laughs>